Welcome to the monthly movie dispatch, the review show from friends you can trust. Every re every, uh, every week we broadcast a new review of a film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies from since we were in high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. How's it going, Nick? Hey yo. It's going all right. It's going pretty good. Just excited to talk about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've been waiting a long time for this one. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm just sitting here. You just off air told me that you're going to SummerSlam in mm -hmm. a couple weeks with Christina, your wife, and I am so jealous. Yeah. You're going to see the star of the Suicide Squad in person. Oh, yeah. What if he comes out in Peacemaker costume. Oh, God. Um well, I mean, honestly, I think that I think that John Cena, the wrestler, has more uh, power in the ring than the Peacemaker. But yeah. Peacemaker is more wild card. He might actually kill somebody. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, it'll be cool to see John Cena in person. I mean, oh, know, dude, yeah, to... he's barely yeah. around anymore. But man, I mark out so hard these days whenever he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Now he's a star, and they have a Peacemaker TV show coming out too on HBO really yeah which is also written and directed by james gunn what yeah you didn't know about this i had no idea yeah they already filmed it i think it's or no they're filming it i guess still eight episodes no release date yet but wow yeah. interesting yeah. full anti-hero on that one that should yeah. be pretty cool yeah but, um, <sighs> well yes that, that changes something i was going to say later so we let's oh, get into okay. it and we could talk about it later but uh okay very cool that's very exciting yeah so james gunn uh for those that don't know was the director of the suicide squad <clears throat> and he's been someone that we've been following for a while uh he's really kind of came to fame when he made the guardians of the galaxy movies he's kind of has this knack for taking these really obscure characters and making them these lovable uh you know name brands pretty much so um it was really exciting to see him um you know be trying out a whole different universe of characters making a dc movie instead of a marvel movie um but let's dig back a little bit and just just kind of introduce people to james gunn for those who don't know who he is um he's been around hello, hello? is that what you said no no i said hello let's oh. do it <laughs> uh so he's been around for he's been around for a little while but he started out in trauma um which is kind of known for its um what do you call them like schlocky b movies they're kind of like intentionally offensive and um uh, macabre and just like lots of violence and gore and stuff like that that's like uh the toxic avenger right yeah that kind of thing? that's like their yeah that's their biggest movie i think toxic avenger um, and he started out as a writer for them as I'm looking through, he's got a handful of movies. He wrote like, um, terror firmer, which is pretty, was like their second big movie. I know Tromeo and Juliet, um, and 13 ghosts. I didn't know he wrote 13 ghosts. That's not a Tromeo yeah. movie, but, um, and then he broke out into Hollywood and he wrote the Scooby-Doo movies as well as Zack Snyder's, uh, Dawn of the Dead which is oh i think that was probably my introduction it was the first time i'd seen anything he'd done um yeah me too i i actually to this day i just that's this is all news to me i did not know <laughs> that he wrote that movie oh really so that yeah, yeah no, that that's interesting oh okay. yeah that was like his big yeah the big kind of intro but then he he finally got into directing movies uh with slither it's kind of a b horror alien invasion movie um with kind of a kind of a zombie twist on like aliens it was it's kind of, it's it's right at, like it, it fits in uh, for like establishing his brand is it's like a super gory like gross horror movie but it's also a comedy like it's pretty lighthearted and nothing's supposed to be like too you know heavy it's just it's a it's a gross alien monster movie and like <laughs> emphasis on the gross they they try to make it as gross as possible it's part of the fun of that kind of brand of movie you know did you ever kind see the, i have not seen slither okay. but that's kind of the trauma thing too right like trauma is kind of one-on-one -on -one with body horror there's yeah. just a lot of gross stuff that comes out of 
fallen limbs and blood and guts and yeah. chemicals and bubbly and I see that I you know I got the poster for Slither right here and it's like there's a bathtub there's a girl's leg in the tub yeah. and then there's these slug like you know you ever read animorphs yurks remember those <laughs> I, I feel like little yurks are like crawling into the tub and you know I can just imagine all sorts of body horror coming out of that yeah and it's I I go ahead I'd love to see Slither. I just yeah. haven't had a chance. It's really good. It stars Nathan Fillion. Um, Pam Beasley's in it. Jenna Fisher. Oh, she was married to James Gunn, I think, for a while. And, um, oh. yeah. And it's just, it's a silly movie. I think there's, like, a talking deer. There's, like, there's a bunch of crazy stuff in it. But it's a fun. Uh, and Michael Rooker plays the bad guy, of course. He's in all of James Gunn's movie. Uh, and then he followed up with Super. Did you see Super? I did see Super. I did. Starting. It's like a more violent version of Kick-Ass. Yeah. It's like a but, it's a, a weirdly more grounded version of Kick-Ass, I guess. But like yeah. in a much darker like <laughs> concept, yeah. I think. I don't think I was super into either movie. I mean, you know me. I, I'm not yeah. super into Kick-Ass. Um, I think I might have liked Super a little bit more because you know, my main hang-ups for Kick-Ass were how it was too colorful for how violent it was right. and super kind of grounded the style and made it more violent, which right. kind of made sense <laughs> considering it was like a vigilante superhero that was just kind of over his head. Yeah. But I think super works really well too. Cause like everybody's really fucked up in that movie. Just like everyone across the board, there's no one in there. That's like, like just a regular guy that's turning super violent. It's like, even the people that are even even the heroes are like really fucked up um and yeah it works i like it um that was kind of his second big movie so these were both like two hard r movies and then he got somehow he got the job writing guardians of the galaxy uh with disney and then landed the directing job and uh ever since then i think he's been a pretty high profile director just because that that movie you know really blew the doors off of uh august releases at the time i remember it like set the records for biggest august release and then also it's just like these characters that no one knew about and yeah. being able to like sell them that well and really nail it too like the movie's great yeah gardens of the galaxy was a big deal it yeah. really was it was the highest grossing movie of that summer in 2014 and at the time no one had any idea who the guardians of the galaxy were and a lot of people were talking like this might be marvel's first misstep right. because what you're gonna make a movie with a talking raccoon what, like, what is this crap? schlubby chris pratt like who right like, oh. the guy from parks and rec <laughs> that guy yeah but but then uh i think on, on the flip side you know they they bet big and it paid off i think that in a lot of ways guardians of the galaxy was the movie that sold the mcu to a lot of people mm -hmm. at the time uh you know maybe you were into the adventures but this was early in phase two this was right around when Winter soldier was coming out that was another one that i think a lot of film buffs were kind of brought into the mcu like yeah. big time like became fans but guardians i think was the movie that was it was so fun it had that awesome pop soundtrack the cast of characters was weird it was it was different it wasn't just your regular comic book movie and it kind of opened the doors for a lot of new original content and creativity and just kind of that impre that impressive nature that um the mcu is yeah and i think you're right do. like it kind of showed showed everybody that like Marvel has a really deep like cast of characters that they can pull from a deep well and like any of them can make a great movie with the right people behind it. So I think, yeah, that definitely had to have, that definitely sold people on like taking chances on like, you know, now we got like Shang-Chi and the Eternals and stuff, not like big popular comics, but um, you know, they'll probably do pretty good and they might be decent movies too. So uh and then he did guardians 2 which was uh also a big hit a little bit not quite as well received i think it was more of a i think he probably got a little more freedom on it and it it felt like a more of a character like kind of deep dive on these interpersonal relationships that all these characters have as opposed to this big globe trotting adventure movie you know um 
which I, I really like that movie. I'm a big fan of it. Um, then he had the incident with Disney, which was right. <laughs> some old tweets that, to his credit, were actually brought up when he first got hired by Disney, but it was a different time in 2014 than it was in 2018 or whatever. Right. Yeah. If we think about the timeline on this, like he basically he tweeted out some, you know, he, Twitter's been around since 2006 or so, yeah. but uh, he tweeted a bunch of stuff in the early 2010s, like 2010, 2011, 2012, and he didn't get the Disney job until what, like 20, 2012 or 2013, right? Yeah. And I'm sure at that point he was, you know, he's going corporate, he's got to put on his, you know, collar shirt and his tie. Yeah. I'm sure he's. At that point, he's you know not tweeting as much crazy stuff, but I mean honestly, the tweets are pretty bad. I I, I before we got on the air, I was like, well maybe we should read some of them. And I like googled it and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not reading any of these on air. But also, you know, it is kind of that thing of uh, comedy. Comedy changes over time, and he was kind of part of that trauma crew, like you said, who is all about shock shock value and shock humor and you know it kind of feels like the incident was was handled in a unjust sort of way mm -hmm. uh disingenuous like there were people that were uh kind of going after him because of his woke agenda am i wrong about this like he yeah, that's... he kind of like had a woke agenda and then people were like yeah well look at all this bad stuff you said 10 years ago yeah and um it kind of stirred up a lot of stuff and then Disney kind of just fired him from uh, like GOTG. It was like the yeah. day they brought it up. They're like, okay, he's gone right away. <laughs> we but, don't want any trouble. We don't yeah. want any trouble. Yeah. And then I think it was only like a month later, Warner Brothers signed him to write and direct the Suicide Squad. And it kind of... Wait. Wait, go ahead. No, I was just say, which is also like super interesting too, because like that's a direct rival. You know, yeah. it'd be. I mean, we were talking wrestling before. It's kind of like this WWE AEW thing, where it's like, oh well, we, we're gonna fire you for something stupid. Well, AEW is like, well, we got him now. You know, <laughs> yeah. we we got the guy now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, the first Suicide Squad, the one that came out in what year was that? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. I think. 2016 that was one of the worst movies i've ever seen like <laughs> really i bad. thought that movie was a train wreck it just didn't make any sense it just it was barely a movie and i i would have no interest in a suicide squad movie if almost anyone other than james gunn was directing it mm -hmm. like right when he right when he got signed it was like okay actually i'm interested in this movie now but literally anyone else it, I'd, I'd i'd be skeptical yeah yeah yeah, because it's not like David Ayer's a terrible director, you know. Um, but that's the kind of movie that came out of that system at the time. So, But it seems like it's all been kind of patched up because then about a year later after that, uh, Disney hired him back on to, um, to do Guardians 3 and he's doing like a Guardians holiday special or something like that. But... Um, it is kind of a big deal though in the future course of the mcu because i don't know if you remember but at the time uh guardians 3 was still going to be his last movie with disney and he was going to be in uh like help he was kind of be going to be the kevin feige for the next marvel phase like he was helping do what they were at the time i think they've probably changed now like their ideas but it was going to be uh they were talking about the uh mcu like a gal a galactic or something I can't, they had a nickname for it at the time and it was expanding outwards away from earth and getting into all the bigger um bigger concept stories and stuff like that and he was going to be kind of shepherding a lot of that in um, yeah i know very very little about uh any sort of backstage um development with yeah. marvel or any studio basically like i you know i read basically the the headlines when they come out of hollywood reporter jeff snyder being like hey uh look at this movie's being made and i'm like thanks jeff but uh you know I, i'm not super in on the rumor mill or possible behind the scenes um storytelling but right. it does seem like they they're going a different direction if that is the direction they were going to go in with galactus and outer space i'm i'm sure they still are going to keep going out there i mean thor's and the rest of the guardians are going out there but 
um, it certainly seems like nowadays they're more focused on it seems like they're more towards uh interdimensional type stuff and maybe the secret secret wars or something but yeah. again I, I i don't know much yeah yeah well i guess we'll find out later this year as all these movies compiling out we'll see what kind of right direction yeah and take with them but... it's also just interesting too with james just with james gunn though too like yeah who who's he loyal to right, right. is he <laughs> going to make uh the suicide squad 2 uh or is he gonna make guardians volume 4 or is he gonna make another horror movie like what's next for james gunn after guardians yeah i mean from what i've i i pay attention to his career pretty closely just because I, I really like him and uh, from what i've read guardians 3 is gonna be his last like guardians movie and he doesn't have any scheduled movies to make with disney after that but warner brothers kind of gave him like open like if you want to make anything else in dc feel free and i know he said he doesn't he's not interested in like indie movies anymore like he's he's a big budget kind of guy he wants to do blockbusters pretty much exclusively so my bet would be he's gonna make a something in the dc universe whether it's like a superman reboot or something but maybe i could i could see him doing an original concept though don't yeah. you think like I could if he totally could do like him. i could see him doing a big budget original concept that's what i'm saying yeah. i feel like he could be one of these guys who's like i got a weird idea who's gonna give me 60 million for it or something yeah. and do like i don't know i could see him bridging the gap of the big budget and the medium budget to something super creative that could make money back yeah but, for sure well, we'll um, I say we jump right into our review now that we've kind of given a history of James Gunn. Um, so the movie we're talking about today is his new film, The Suicide Squad. Uh, he wrote and directed it. It stars Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, John Cena, Viola Davis. Uh, a newcomer that uh, doesn't look like she's in many movies, but I thought she was really great in this. Daniela Melchior. Um, so that, who did she play again she played rat catcher too oh right yeah, yeah she was really good uh plot description is a group of villains locked up at bell reeve are forced to invade a hostile south american nation in order to put a stop to a dangerous secret scientific experiment known only as project starfish you forgot about uh jai courtney and uh <laughs> pete, davidson pete davidson and, and, and flula borg and yeah yeah just kidding um they were part of the other suicide squad oh, yeah go on um and the, the film's available on hbo max and in theaters right now so either way um my take on the movie was that i the first like you said the first one was such a disappointment like i regularly go to it as like one of the worst movies i've ever seen it's a fascinating movie that you could watch and like study and like discover new ways of like making poor decisions and storytelling um so ever since this movie was kind of announced with james gunn at the helm it was like that sounds so fascinating because this that movie looked like it was going to be so good it just wasn't um so yeah i was just like so interested in how this movie was gonna gonna pull off the story again but in a new fresh way and i think they did it very successfully i had a blast um the cast is so good like i every time i see in a movie that is stars idris elba which does not happen enough because he is so mesmerizing he's like one of the best leading men i feel like he's so charismatic and like just constantly like this movie to me feels like it's a very different kind of movie for him to play you know um although i guess he did Absolutely. i mean he's like he's kind of a scoundrel in this movie you yeah. know he's kind of like a swashbuckling like you know ragged you know weirdo where i feel like most of the time i because I, I agree he's a great actor and he yeah. certainly feels like he can carry a movie but usually it's with gravitas and yeah. elegance and this movie he's kind of like a reluctant hero like i don't even want to be here yeah exactly that's yeah that's exactly it um and the whole cast is really good uh margot robbie again is amazing as harley quinn uh john cena i think this is probably his best performance that i've seen um viola davis um 
brings back the same role of uh, Amanda Waller, who's just like a terrifying human. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Viola Davis is like, she can be intense. So uh, they yeah. all, and they all had really good moments throughout the film that I think really sold their characters and there was actually depth to them. They weren't just completely throw away like everybody in the original movie. Um, and that, that goes a long way. I think like with the viewer, especially with me, it's like, if you can do that with the characters, I'm going to, I'm going to be way more invested when the third act comes around, you know? And I thought the, um, the violence was really fun in this movie. Uh, it kind of harkened back to some of his older stuff. He was, it was, you know, they kind of seemed like there was free reign on, you know, just go all out. Um, except for one scene we can talk about later. I think that they, I think there's kind of like a kill bill situation going on where they might've had to tone down the blood for rating reasons. <laughs> but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but it was fun. It was gory. It was like over the top and just like a silly mess of blood splatter uh, pretty consistently throughout the whole movie. And um, I just like I in the, all of his movies, I think, kind of have this. He's just got a he's got a really good grip on um, shooting action and like and gore. Like he has a way of making it fun and not like grotesque you know even if it is really grotesque it's still it feels fun it feels like slick and like exciting and not uh not too much which i feel like it's right. very easy for it to be too much when you're doing gore and exploding heads and stuff like that you know yeah there's a scene early on where the boomerang like cuts a guy's head in half and you can see the brains but yeah. just for one second but it's in the middle of like a pop song and yeah. other <laughs> like fun slick you know explosions going around 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 it and yeah it's like oh yeah brains yeah um but yeah i want to give you a chance to kind of say what you think about it but overall i really enjoyed it and i think the we'll dive a little deeper but the third act for me like really hammered this movie home and i thought uh yeah i was really really pleased with the whole thing so yeah dude i i like this movie a lot i definitely enjoyed it tremendously i had a lot of fun with it and yeah i mean i i i cared about all the characters i second everything you said about the actors um margot robbie feels like she was born to play harley quinn and in my opinion, this is the first good movie that, where she is Harley Quinn. I didn't care for Birds of Prey. And like I said earlier, the first Suicide Squad was garbage on fire. Mm -hmm. But she was good in both those movies, though. Yeah. Like, she was the shining light of both of those mediocre movies. And this movie was actually really good. There's a scene where she kind of falls in love with someone, and then she kind of turns on him really quick because he starts acting like a crazy person <laughs> and she goes on this like quick she goes on this monologue and is like is like kind of crying with it and what she's saying is very like like honest for her character and kind of yeah. silly kind of just read it really quick i yeah, have it yeah. right here no please do so it. she she goes recently i made a promise to myself that the next time i got a boyfriend i'd be on the lookout for red flags and if i saw any I would do the healthy thing and I would murder him <laughs> and killing kids kind of a red flag. You know, it's just like, it's, it's so good, yeah, you know, so good. And, um, you know, again, John Cena, like I, I, I love John Cena. If you had told me 10 years ago, how hot I would be for John Cena, I would call you crazy, but I am a Mark beyond marks right now for the doctor of thugonomics like that guy <laughs> is can do no wrong in my book right now he yeah. is just on fire and honestly his film career is is turning into something interesting like i think at the end of the day he could have like a more interesting film career than than the rock i think he already is on his way the having a more interesting one than the rock like the rock's a bigger star but john yeah. cena has like has uh, layers of depth and the comedy chops, and he allows himself to be the butt of jokes mm -hmm. um, more so than The Rock ever does. Although Batista, also from Guardians, another yeah, James great. Gunn movie, I think Batista has the potential to be like, I think out of the three of them, he has the highest 
potential to actually like win an Academy Award. Oh yeah, just because he chooses movies that are quality movies. Mm-hmm. But he as well is like he's fantastic. He's part of the Suicide Squad, and they're all bad guys, right? Like they're all criminals. Yeah. And the movie starts, and I'm going. Okay, so what's his deal? He seems like he's just a straight American. Is he really a bad guy? Like, is, is he actually, like, working for the government? Like, I mean, they're all working for the government, but is he really a criminal? And then he says this thing, which I think is actually in the trailer, but he goes, I love peace with all my heart, mm-hmm. and I will kill as many men, women, and children I can to achieve it. And yeah. it's just like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah, this guy's a bad guy, and he's a full-on psychopath, yeah. and I love it. I'm here. I'm here for it. Um yeah, so I, I thought the characters were great. I cared about all of them, including Polka Dot Man. Oh, yeah. Just what is with going on with Polka Dot Man? That's just why I kept asking. <laughs> then they tell you what's going on with Polka Dot Man, and it's actually pretty sad, but also, like, He's interesting nuts. and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he shoots Polka Dots. That's his power. It's fantastic. <laughs> polka Dots of people. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but... <laughs> he has a line um, I, where he's like, "Sorry, it's so flamboyant." <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah, and he's like depressed. Like, there's a this part where Idris Elba's blood sport says, "We're all gonna die," and he's like, "I hope so." <laughs> you know, just <laughs> yeah. he's such a weirdo, but I love it. And uh, so yeah, I cared about all the characters. I love the action. I love the gore. Um, I love the comedy. I thought it was a little long. Like, I definitely thought there were parts where it dragged and. Yeah there's no reason for this movie to be two hours and 20 minutes long. I know that's like an easy complaint and I don't really like to complain about pacing and stuff, but I definitely think they could have trimmed up like whole scenes. Like they could have just taken full bits out and the movie would have been quicker and you know, it would have bumped it up like a full star for me. Yeah. At this point I'd give it like four stars because I truly did enjoy it Mm -hmm. uh, like quite a bit. Um, But um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was great though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you about four stars. I kept going between four and four and a half because I think I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was a good movie, if that makes sense. Like, um, like it was everything I was hoping it would be. But if I'm going to be, if I critique it, um, I have to lower stars because I definitely have issues with it. But uh, it's just a really fun movie and exactly the kind of thing that i want from this kind of superhero movie like if it's a it's a movie about bad guys it's a superhero movie and it's gonna be really violent like this is exactly what i want from that it's just not a perfect movie but right and i agree and you know me like i don't really care about perfect movies i don't really have an image in my head of what an objectively good movie is i don't really care about any of that i just um in terms of recommending it to people I would, I, I had that, like, I talked to a friend a few days ago about, you know, he was trying to go to the movies and he was asking about this one. And I, I basically told him what I just told you guys, like this, the, the characters were great. The action was fun. It was a hilarious movie. It definitely had some issues and it bogged down a little bit, but yeah. for the most part, you know, it's, it's a positive. And yeah. for me as a big movie fan and also a comic book movie fan, this is what I want. You know, I want more of this kind of thing. Even even if they're long or whatever, I I prefer interesting characters. I prefer lovable weirdos. I I like uh, I like doing things different. You know, I like I like the R-rated stuff. I I just want things to be different. I'm not super into the cookie cutter. You know, yeah. so uh, this movie definitely had some ideas, and it was it was going for it. And you know, I love it when movies go for it. That's really all I. That's all I really <laughs> want out movies it. is for them to go for it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think me and you have, like, as far as grading movies in whatever capacity that is, I feel like we're kind of in the same boat. Like, for me, it's a lot more about their intention and their heart, and like you know, as opposed yeah. to the actual result that comes out the other side. Um. So, are there stuff you want to talk about that isn't spoilery? I feel like this movie has a lot of spoil spoilers. There is, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about the opening scene, but that's kind of a spoiler. And I wanted to talk about. um... I already talked about Polka Dot Man, so (laughs) and we can go into spoilers. Yeah, I Uh, mean, this is a really easy movie for anyone to pick up and watch. Um, If you don't have HBO, do a seven day trial. Just watch it for free right now. But we're gonna talk about spoilers going forward, so. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, go watch it for free. Everyone can do it, and then come back. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess where do you want to start? Just at the opening scene? 
Yeah, dude, let's talk about that ballsy opening scene. Yeah, yeah so it's kind of a, uh, I don't know, there's probably a literary like term for what that is. It's not like a red herring, right? It's just kind of like a little, they kind of open it up. The movie opens up and they introduce the Suicide Squad and the team goes in and then they all get brutally murdered <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like this giant cast of pretty famous people, I feel like most of the cast is like, recognizable you know <laughs> they just all get obliterated and like this this just like explosion heavy opening famous, five minutes famous people too you know it's yeah. like and the movie starts and i'm like oh i didn't know pete davidson was in this movie yeah. oh and jai courtney's back i didn't really truly realize jai courtney was back because yeah. he was in the first movie as boomerang and then Nathan yeah Fillion. they go on this mission Right, Nathan Fillion's there. There's also like this weasel as a character, and they all jump yeah. out of the airplane, and the weasel can't swim, and he just drowns right there. <laughs> and Amanda Waller's back at her base, like, God damn it! But ah, <laughs> oh, man. And then yeah, they just go. The army's there, and they just get obliterated. Everyone just dies, except for Harley Quinn. She gets away, but it's like it's 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 nuts. And yeah. and then and then they do that fun like thing where it's like. Like it basically cuts and they do this funny transition and then they're on the other side of the island with the real the team. real team is coming <laughs> yeah. yeah the a team yeah yeah that opening um uh, it was pretty cool and pretty funny uh i will say like when i'm looking at the movie as a whole something about the opening didn't fully work for me i don't know if it's just the way they did it or maybe it's how much time maybe it's like part of the time thing how much time it takes up to not really doesn't really like progress the story or anything you know it's just kind of a fun thing uh which is great like it's i don't know it's just one of those things that just doesn't really add much to the movie except for just some laughs you know there's no story reason for it i mean there is kind of but you can easily get around that and... I mean, it sets the tone i think that's what you could say is that it sets yeah. the tone for the movie that it's it's funny uh there's it's violent and yeah. anything could happen you know, like yeah. it's kind of it's shocking that these all these characters and famous people that's yeah are just brutally killed. So you know when Jai Courtney gets killed, it's like okay, this is not 2016 Suicide Squad. <laughs> this is the Suicide Squad. Yeah. No, no, you're right, and it, it is a good scene. Like I'm actually, I got the the song like just started playing in my head as I'm like rethinking it because it's got kind of like a yeah poppy like punk rock song playing because everyone's getting brutally murdered um yeah i don't there's something about i don't know if it's maybe it's the jumping back and because they also in the middle of this they also jump back in time they reintroduce the characters um which and it's all great it's just one of those things where it's like everything i'm seeing is good i like it all but um yeah i think at times it kind of messes up the pacing of like the excitement of that opening and then cutting back to the jail and then back to the beach again and then you know it's just kind of it kind of goes it just the way it plays out i think in the first half just kind of feels weird to me when i'm really thinking back on it and i've actually i went and so i watched it in theaters i saw it at the dolby atmos which by the way is the loudest movie i've ever seen <laughs> nice like it was it was hurting my ears at times and i've never felt the seats rumble so hard from like the bass and the explosions you know, the person I saw it with, we both like looked at each other after like the first explosion. It was like, did you feel <laughs> like was that? Is it was crazy. But uh, then I also rewatched it on HBO Max just uh, the other night. It just like sounded like a lot of fun because it was it was that fun. I really wanted to re-see it. Um, um, what are some other spoilery moments you wanted to talk about? Um, well, uh, I, I, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about. I guess if I am going to complain about the movie, I, I for me, I, yeah, like I said, it was a little too long. And I also, there were parts where it felt like the movie was getting a little serious, like a little self-serious. Yeah. There was a whole plot about, you know, their whole mission was to basically blow up this building or destroy everything that was inside of this building in this country. Yeah. And it took them a really long time to get there. And it felt like that could have happened faster. And then when they finally did, it was like tied in with this thing that the 
U.S. government is actually the people who were responsible for the thing that's in this building that they're trying to blow up, and you're covering up their tracks, and it just, it got kind of like, I just didn't think it that sort of serious topic fit with the tone of the rest of the movie. Yeah. And um, I think they could have they could have kept a little more lighthearted and um, had it go a little quicker. Hmm. I feel, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying and I think it does kind of clash with the vibe of the rest of the movie. But at the same time, for me, that was the part that felt like it worked the most to me. Like from the moment they get pretty much, yeah. When they arrive at that base, to the credits rolling i thought was the most solid part of the film like the whole third act to me was just like it was great the whole time i don't really have any complaints i really liked the uh like the john cena kind of heel turn within like a within this movie of bad guys you know yeah Uh, i was into that i was into that and i was into his final confrontation with each selba yeah, that was great. I actually, you know, that was another thing is that I, what I was going to say earlier was that I was a little disappointed that they brought him back because he died. Like, at least we thought that he died. And then they John brought Cena. him back at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they yeah, brought yeah. him back at like the post credit sequences, like the peacemaker still alive and all that. And um, I was kind of like, I was kind of thinking like, oh, it's cool that they killed him off because then he has one role and da 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 da. But yeah now there's gonna be a show i'm kind of like okay i'm all in for john cena so i can't complain about that <laughs> right but yeah they um i mean and i don't know man it's just it's this thing where like you know talk, it's, i i love that i love the ending i love the climax and uh but what i loved about it was the giant starfish yeah you know i loved this basically the thing that was inside of that building that was supposed to blow up was a giant starfish from outer space that had telekinetic powers and um uh, was really sad yeah. you know it was it had been captured by the u.s mil- army the government and the they were doing like ex- yeah. yeah astronauts and they were like doing experiments on it and telepathically it was like oh they've been torturing me for years <laughs> i just want to get out of here and then it got out and it's just like rumbling through the town being like this is my city and it's just smashing stuff yeah. and um even the yeah, starfish kind of had like a heartbreaking like storyline. That's <laughs> what right. I'm saying is yeah. that like there's an, like no other movie would ever give a giant starfish any emotional resonance. Yeah. But this movie has the guts and the bravado to give this giant monster a like a sad nugget of of truth. It's of, like, like perspective it's final line like literally like i was like oh my god that's heartbreaking it's just like what they, was this final they line? Win. I don't remember. you know obviously the heroes win they sure. don't all die um and they kill it and with its like last breath it raises it, it can control people with these little starfish that it like attaches to people's faces and it one of the bodies stand up and look at idris elba or idris elba and it says uh I was so happy just floating alone in space. I know. And I was like, oh right? my God. Like, just looking at the stars, I think you said too. Like, I yeah, just, just looking, looking at, at the, the stars. Oh man, it's like <laughs> humans ruin everything. Yeah. It was... um, I just remembered that we haven't talked about the, the shark character. Mm-hmm. What was his name? The uh, uh... King Shark king shark that was yeah. another fun character that Sylvester i wanted to just bring Stallone. up because yeah sylvester sloan voiced him and he just said basic things like hand and yeah. uh Friend. there was a really beautiful scene when they were in that building and he was interacting with a bunch of fish in a tank mm-hmm. and he got so excited that they were being friendly with him because he also was like a sad lonely creature and he just was like friends (laughs) when he realized that these fish were friends with him and uh unfortunately then when the tank broke they all attacked him (laughs) and it it was very sad he went back to being sad i think like that's part of what really makes this movie come together for me in the third act is i think it's like kind of already seeing a trend just in these two characters we've talked about everyone in this film are like lonely sad people that have just had terrible lives yeah and this mission almost becomes like just kind of this 
a way out of that life for them they all kind of bond there's they spend a lot of time in the movie actually building up the bond between all these characters and something the the other movie never did is they have like you know they made sure to have like an emotional ground throughout the movie which i think was like rat catcher 2 um it's kind of the anchoring everybody into reality is crazy as her character is as well but uh, you know i think they give her the most backstory or at least the most context of like her mindset and stuff like that and she's also the one that saves the day and just the way they handled all of that and like her and idris elba's relationship like just worked so well for me like, yeah, I he was, was just... kind of he kind of became a father figure to her yeah. when he didn't want to be a father. He said some pretty horrible things to his actual daughter in yeah. the beginning of the movie, but you could tell he actually did love her. He just was trying to protect her to, because he's a scumbag. Yeah. But yeah, the her story was really great. I agree. She was the emotional anchor of the movie. Despite all the rats that she hung around <laughs> with. Yeah. And controlled rats, I guess. It's a weird weird power but um it worked really well and as cheesy as it might have been i thought her ending um like that big climactic moment of the starfish fight really really worked for me and i was like almost tearing up when it does the flashback with her and her dad taika waititi like uh in paris or wherever they are like that was it was it was really sweet. I think James Gunn's just really good at, um, you know, putting in those really sweet, kind of cheesy, but um, like emotional scenes that really, they do the work that needs to be done to make us really care about these characters. And uh, yeah, along with her performance and Idris Elba and everybody, I just, it really all worked very well for me. Um, yeah, I just want to reiterate what you just said about Taika Waititi. It's like because that was like that was another like thing where he, at first he shows up in like a flashback, but he doesn't have any lines. It's just yeah. like him and Ratcatcher Two playing with playing with rats. And he's like doing heroin. So weird. Yeah. yeah, he's just doing heroin, and I was like, is he just not gonna have any lines in this movie? <laughs> and then they brought him back, and I'm pretty sure his only line was that like little beautiful moment that uh, can I just I have I have the quote up here. Yeah. So she says, "Why rats?" Papa, and he says, "Rats are the low, lowliest and most despised of all creatures, my love. But if they have a purpose, so do we all." Yeah. And yeah, that's a beautiful sentiment. That truly is. Mm -hmm. It's like everything has a purpose. Everything has a meaning. Everything's connected. Yeah. If you think about it that way. Yeah. And rats save the day in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see the starfish take over that whole town, but <laughs> the whole city. But then, yeah, all the women and children would have died too, and that was kind of a, a thread of the movie that kept coming yeah. back. Is that you know, as much as you care about the starfish, you don't necessarily need hundreds and thousands of uh, women and children and Damn. innocent people dying. Right. I will say, you know what? I just remembered one thing that um, I actually dislike quite a bit in this movie, and it it happens a lot. Um, it's just probably one of the bigger down the, like, the, the weird transitions <laughs> no the the music i mean not the songs the songs are great and i think they they uh carry a lot of like the scenes where the sound like the actual composed soundtrack i think is really lacking in fact i think it's the same like small composition throughout the whole movie starting in the opening scene and every fight scene and every action scene it's the same exact music and it's pretty bland it's just like a guitar and some drums and it's not super interesting and they use it constantly throughout the whole movie and it was like <laughs> it's something that normally wouldn't bother me but it was so noticeable i think maybe because they had so many cool songs like peppered in when that music kicked in it's like it, kind of, it reminded me of like fast and furious uses a lot of just like generic um like rock music in like action scenes that are just nothing it's just like some composer probably threw it together really quick you know it's not it's nothing special and it, it doesn't sound cool it's just like it's something to kind of fill the background noise and uh yeah they used it a lot in this it was it was actually something that stood out and was bugging me throughout the movie which normally mm. it isn't so in my head that makes it much more worse than it probably was but 
Well, that's a fun. That's an interesting take, though, because uh, I I always feel like a good score. Like I I often don't hear the score. You yeah. know, I just it's not something I like pay super close attention to. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's like an invisible like muscle. Yeah. You know, it's it's the thing that you, that like elevates or lowers, you know, and I often think that when people are complaining about pacing or um, boredom or and stuff like that, I think they're actually really complaining about the score, invisible things like the score. And yeah, and, uh, and maybe, maybe that's what I'm talking about when I'm like, maybe if the score would have been better. I wouldn't have been complaining about it being being too long, although yeah. there were I think there were scenes that could have been yeah. like cut out completely but i i do think that a score could like really elevate yeah um elevate a movie everything plays it you know has a role and you know if something's exceptionally bad i don't know that this one's exceptionally bad but it just really stood out to me and was distracting and kind of pulled me out and uh you know if you start if your attention gets pulled away from you know the the story and everything it's gonna feel much more like it's dragging and yeah but yeah so um one last thing um i don't know if you have anything else i don't mean to interrupt you or anything but uh i don't mean to say one last thing before uh, i I just i just wanted to bring up that cow shay friend of the show he he was asking me if i thought this was a a reboot or Mm. a sequel or or what is this yeah and i kind of wanted to get your take on it um personally i don't think it's anything yeah i i think it's just like another like comic yeah yeah it's just another adventure i mean in the world of comics it's so easy to just say that you know like that's the cool thing about like especially what dc's doing because they're a little more they're not as stringent on like the structure and the timeline as mcu is so it's like like joker obviously is its own thing and so it's not a stretch to say this is completely its own thing also in comics that's super common you know um but for me there's a line in there actually between uh harley and uh, captain boomerang that made me think that they wanted us to think that this was a content like what happened with them in the first movie happened to these characters you know uh, but this is just a new story just a new thing that happened with them and so it's a I think it is a continuation of those characters like birds of prey happened suicide squad happened but it doesn't really matter you know it doesn't affect the story at all it's just so i would say it's a sequel it's just not a direct i think it i think technically from what i've read it is supposed to take place in like the Snyderverse or whatever you want to call it um dceu yeah it's supposed to be kind of the last of those films before they start off with their big reboot i think which is going to be the flash movie so the flat is 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 ezra miller in the flash movie well yeah we don't need to get into that but i i have no idea what i have no idea what dc is doing i'm basically like (laughs) oh cool dc movie i don't know that they fully know what they're doing but um they i know they want to do it sounds like they're, they're doing the flashpoint movie for sure is like the next big dc movie and uh, what comes out first flash or uh the batman the batman i think and i think they that's definitely not that's also separate yeah from what i heard they said that the batman's gonna be its own thing also so i don't i don't know if they really know what they're doing i think like they probably want to make an mcu like it would make sense for them to have a storyline that they can tell between movies but i think they're also open to not doing that like the Joker's sure. getting two sequels, we know that already. So who? Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix got like fifty million dollars for two sequels. I think. What else do they have to say? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I mean, I, I just hope they go in weird directions. I was just listening to a podcast yeah. and they were talking about how they should make a Joker musical where he takes over a Broadway show, yeah. like Broadway stage, and he takes it over and he just does yeah, a musical. Just the musical. I, like that's yeah, the like movie. <laughs> I, I, I'd be into like that sort of thing. But if they make another like Todd Phillips like sequel, direct sequel to that one, where it's like the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, who yeah. has time for that? I'd hope that Joaquin Phoenix, with as selective as he is with movies, like wouldn't allow that to happen. I don't know how much control he has, but he got paid fifty million dollars, so I assume he's got some sort of say in it. But or, or maybe it's, turned down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So who knows? 
But uh, cool. yeah, well, that's Suicide Squad. I think we both really liked it. Um, I think it's a fun movie. Like you said, I could recommend it to pretty much anyone. I think my mom and sister watched it today. So it's, you know, it's gory, but it's a fun, mostly lighthearted film. And it doesn't, I don't think it pushes any boundaries too hard. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I can't recommend it for everyone. I, a few weeks back on the pod when me and Brandon talked about Zola, which is one of my favorite movies of the year, I said yeah. like, everyone should watch it. Even if you don't <laughs> normally watch movies like this. And yeah. my parents went and watched it and they were like, not for us. We don't <laughs> like movies about strippers. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to recommend this one, uh, <laughs> a movie that's ultra violent with a talking shark. Yeah. So, Oh, you know what? Now that just cause I set it up, I feel like we got to talk about it. There's one scene, uh, which is hard, hardly kind of has their own side quest throughout most of this movie. Yes. And there's a big breakout scene, which is really cool, well choreographed, like action scene of her kind of like gleefully breaking out of this place she was being held captive. And what I was talking about with the rated R thing and maybe not showing too much blood, I don't know how the rules work with that. I know like Kill Bill had to go black and white to get around the NC 17 rating. And I feel like in that scene, they. I don't know if you remember, but it kind of turns into this flowery, like cartoonish thing where there's flowers exploding out of every person she shot shoots and stuff like that. And I, in my head, when I was watching it, that's what I felt like they were doing is kind of getting. Yeah. I remember that. I thought, much. I thought that was a style choice, honestly, because and, yeah, it was Harley and it was Harley Quinn. And I don't know. I got the sense that like, that's how she sees the world sees. sometimes, yeah. especially, especially when she's killing people. And then there was also that other weird, like dreamlike element where she picked up the, um, what do you call it? The javelin. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of appeared. I remember she was walking out of the hall and oh, she yeah. was just like, like, oh, there oh, it is. there's that travel. And she just like picked up and she had it. And then she started swinging it around. And yeah. I don't know, just very much like there was a lot of that scene that was very dreamlike. And yeah. I, I think it was more style choice, but you could be right. I mean, that definitely happened with Kill Bill. They, you know, they had to make that black and thick crazy 88 fight in black and white. Yeah. Just uh, too much blood splatter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That was just something that I kind of I thought about when I was watching. I was like, ah, I wonder if that's yeah. why they did that. But yeah, it totally works. Also, is like she's crazy. Like <laughs> when she kills people, she sees butterflies and like flowers coming out instead of blood. So, it's like, but um, all right. Yeah. Well, either way, um, definitely that's... recommend for if if this is your kind of thing. You know, what I mean, yeah. we talked about for forty minutes. Like, yeah, if this is your kind of thing. Like, if you like comic book movies, if you like violence definitely check it out definitely don't miss it's a fun 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 movie um yeah so that's james gunn's suicide squad it's uh in theaters right now it's also available on hbo max um yeah uh next week uh nick is going to be reviewing the movie coda i don't do you know who's reviewing it with you yet I don't. I asked. I asked you guys, and no one responded. And then I asked again, and no one responded. So maybe I'll just do it by myself. I think or... I saw Brandon like your question. So oh, maybe, did he? Cool. Brandon, but... Cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you guys don't have uh, any yeah. together. So we did Zola together, but yeah. yeah, I'm. I think Zola and this are the types of movies that Brandon like, where our Venn diagrams cross. This, oh, okay. this movie won um, Sundance this year, oh, okay. and then Apple TV picked it up. And so it's going to be on Apple TV, uh, Apple TV Plus, I guess, and then also in some select theaters. But I don't think it's going to be at AMC's. I think it's going to be, like, in Seattle, it's playing at the Crest. So, oh, okay. um, but I am very excited about this movie. I think it's I think it's going to be great. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. Um, thanks for talking with me tonight. Hell yeah. Um, hope you have a good night. And just... For everybody, um, you know, like and subscribe if you like what we're doing. You can also follow us on the podcast on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. So, all right, have a good night. Bye. Peace out.